Welcome to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. This podcast by Kevin Paneskis, also known as the Property Soldier, covers all aspects of serviced accommodation and how to make it a profitable and sustainable business. Kevin started investing in property in 1991 whilst serving in the British Army and now owns a multi-million pound property portfolio and serviced accommodation business and is a best-selling author. And now your host, Kevin Paneskis. Hello and welcome to the Service Accommodation Property Podcast. Our keynote speaker today is the one and only Shimon Rudich. I've known Shimon for many years, started training with Shimon on lease purchase options and other creative finance strategies back in 2010. And my first ever lease purchase option was uh, using Shimon's law firm. And so... I definitely highly recommend uh, MS Law as your law firm to be doing your lease purchase options moving forward. And conveyancing too. And conveyancing and general conveyancing, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. Now, today's talk though, many of you, if you've listened to the podcast previously, um, you will have seen is uh, creative finance and lease purchase options type talk. Now, this particular talk though today is on uh, joint ventures. So working with joint venture partners, how to structure joint ventures, could be a joint venture where uh, you're putting in the sweat equity and the joint venture partner's putting in the money, but how to structure this sort of thing. Would that be useful, yes or no? Can I get a massive round of applause for the one and only Shimon Rodich, everyone! How many of you have ambitions to make money? How many of you in this room have the ambition, let's say, in five, ten years, to be here and be better than Kevin? Because this is what he did. He saw me talking 13 years ago. I was on stage, and I taught him. And he was like you. Now he's better than me. He has made more money. He even got taller. You aim to do better. Okay, who's Shimon Rudik? First of all, for those of you who don't know me, I'm a solicitor, not that it's the most important part, but that is how I started my career. So I'm expecting all of you to use my law firm. We have a special offer. And if you don't use us, we send the boys around. (laughs) I have all your data now from Kevin. (laughs) You're laughing. (laughs) Should know better, I'm from Italy. I'm also a property investor, and uh, like I hope all of you, I started uh, with a few thousand pounds from my wife because I didn't have a penny. And first I did cheap and cheerful, then bigger, then nicer, then HMOs, then probably were unmortgageable when it was just missing toilet to more serious stuff like Japanese knotweed, uh, subsidence, dry rot, and things like that. Then I started to do commercial conversions into uh, HMOs, and in the last few years, I've been doing commercial conversions into blocks of flats, usually service accommodations. <coughs> the common theme is uh, I have a creative mind, so I get easily bored. So for me, it's not learn how to do it perfectly and then you do it all the time. It's too boring. So long before I get there, I get bored, I have to change what I'm doing. So three years time, I will be doing something else. As I mentioned, I started with no money, so my first, first I had to borrow money. The first 6,000 pounds was from my wife. 
for 6,000 pounds deposit for my first buy to let 22 years ago in Hull, because I was living in Hull. And, uh, and then I started using angel investors and then joint venture partners with money. I'm also a property educator, writer, I wrote many articles, manuals, I'm an international speaker. I, I talked to over 13,000 property investors. And we were the first, my, my law firm is famous for being responsible how lease options are drafted in the UK. But we were the first one to teach all the creative strategies out there. Rent to rent, assisted sales, license dice, uh, divide and conquer, rent, rent to uh, service accommodations. We were all the first. Uh, it's going to be eventually a YouTube channel as soon as I have uh, maybe during the winter break. Although, uh, uh, there is always something. I'm a great believer in multiple sources of income because if you have only one source of income, it's kind of putting all your eggs in one basket. Not the wisest things to do. Happily married, eight children. Now you understand the multiple source of income need. <laughs> and uh, uh, you, you think that eight children is cheap. Hmm. That's the reason why I need your business, guys, because HED is not cheap. And I'm also a charity fundraiser for the simple reason that I benefit from charities. You can see me now as a partner in a law firm, international speaker, entrepreneur, or whatever. But when I started, I had no money. When I came in this country, from Italy, as I mentioned, uh, 28 years ago now, whoa, um, I couldn't even afford the bus. So I used to bike every day from Sofor to Manchester Uni. And uh, if you know Manchester, it's no fun because when it's not raining, it's snowing. And I used to live in a place where there were pigeons and they didn't have a bath. I mean, there was a bath, but green was in the original color. So I had to get friendly with the guy that ran the local public bathhouse so I could have a shower at night. Uh, situation has changed, but I haven't forgotten where I come from. So besides the 20% gross of my income going to charity in any event. Also fundraise for a specific charity that helped me. Okay, that's me and that's all. So what is uh, today's program? I'm going to tell you what are the tests, the criteria to join venture. You can ignore me, but I tell you out of experience. You can skip some of them, but then if your joint venture goes pear shape, you have only yourself to blame. Because a lot of people join venture without understanding why they're joint venturing and how to join venture. Okay? Then we will run some examples and then I'll show you some what, what I do when I join venture. Okay, without further ado, checklist. So this is the first test is in a math test. You join venture when two plus two makes five. Now you think, Shimon, it's only two o'clock, you're already drunk. Now, and you will understand. Then we are going to see what is the J joint venture factor. Missing and necessary skills of assets. Personality crash. Honesty. Multi-level due diligence. If you don't do your due diligence and then you lose your money, you have only yourself to blame. And then we will see what I, do in what I did in joint venture in the last few years. Okay? Is that okay? Yeah. It's an interactive session. So you don't raise hands to ask questions. But if I ask you a question you will have to answer. Otherwise, you know, Kevin is a big guy, kicks you out. Live, apparently. <laughs> so why? Why do you join venture? You join venture when two plus two makes five. Meaning, if you're on your own, you can buy 10 by two lets. And you join venture with John, and you can buy 20 by two lets. What's the point? 100% of 10 and 50% of 20 is the same thing. So plus there is that the risk that joint ventures 
the percentage of them will go pear shape. So you don't do it. So when you join venture, on your own you can buy 10 properties, you join venture with John and you buy 40 properties. Then it's worth it. Or on your own you can buy 10 by two leads, join venture with John, and you can buy 10 commercial properties, then which split each one of them in maybe 10 flats. Do you understand what I mean? Two plus two makes five? It's an economic exercise. We join venture to make money. Only if I make more money, I join venture. Otherwise, why am I bothering? Most people in property, they join venture. They join venture with whom? Some of are sitting next to them at a course. And then I asked them, why did you join venture? Oh, we had a lot in common. Let me guess, you wanted to buy properties. I'm a genius, right? That is not the reason to join venture. You join venture when you bring two people together and you make more money. Otherwise, no. The next test, the JV factor. Some people are, are good in joint venturing. Some people are not good at joint venturing. They're not that are bad people. Like some people are good at talking, some are not good at talking, some are good at climbing, and some are not. It's a skill. Let me give you an example. So a few years ago, they did a test in a poll in Sweden. I know because I lecture regularly in Sweden. And no, they take me for a local, tall, blonde, and blue eyes. And uh, they ask, I don't know, a few thousand people, will you rather earn 100,000 pounds a year, and give you figures loose, and then what is that, these figures? Earn 100,000 pounds a year, and live in a neighborhood where everybody else learns 200,000 pounds a year, or earn 50,000 pounds a year, and live in a neighborhood where everybody else earns 25,000 pounds a year. Majority of people said option B. What's the point of earning 100,000 pounds and going around with the latest Merc, when everybody else is going around with the Ferrari, and you look like the pauper in the village? I'd rather be king of the castle, of the little pond. What does that show you? That most people's happiness depends on them comparing themselves with someone else. My neighbor has a big house. On this road, we have the worst car. Surely I can't go out with a scratch in my car or without a Rolex or whatever. So these kind of people are great at motivating themselves because they need to compete. So they don't need a lot of motivation. They know. I just look out of the window, so all the other cars, I'm working hard today. But they're not very good at joint venturing. Why? Because they will always look behind their shoulder with the joint venture partner. As my joint venture partner put as many hours as me. As my joint venture put as much effort as me. As my joint venture put the same kind of assets. When you joint venture with someone, do you think that you should put the same amount of hours? Do you? What about the same amount of money? No. The, the, so it's irrelevant. When do you join venture? Let, let me give you, like that. Let me give you two, the most two typical the, 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 the cases on joint venture in property. You have John, that is an experienced property investor. He knows what he's doing with property. He's been doing it for many years. And then you have Mark, that knows nothing about property. He runs, I don't know, an internet business, 
plastic business, I don't know. He makes a large amount of money. He would like to invest in property some of his money, but he knows nothing. Doesn't know the difference between free or leasehold and the microwave. Can you see why? Well, John with Mark Cash could make a killing in this market because we are going to have a wonderful market in the next 12 months, guys. Can you see why the two could work well together? Or John is an experienced marketeer and SEO and things like that. I just know the terms, I'm not in IT. Can generate loads of leads, but is not a people person. Mark, on the other hand, could sell the rice to the Chinese, but wouldn't know the difference between SEO, internet, and his laptop. Can you see why they work together? One generate the leads, the other negotiate them. So these are typical cases that work. Let's say that John looks at Mark and says, you know, John, without my leads, you have nothing to negotiate. So surely, I should have the lion's share of the business, because without me, you have nothing. And Mark looks at John and says, I like your thinking, but I can buy non-negotiated leads, I don't know, what, 150 pounds a pop? But once I convert them in proper deals, I can sell them three, 5,000 pounds for a fee. So why am I giving you 50% of my business for someone that contributes 150 pounds per deal? Surely I should have the, share of, the share, biggest share of the deal. Who's right? They're both wrong. Because each one makes more money if they are together. Now, in the example here, I'm the mark, because I'm a great negotiator, but I'm rubbish in internet, <laughs> still struggling. I think pigeons are more reliable than emails. Do I want, let's say that my John spends two hours a day, a, a week, to generate me 20 leads. And out of 20 leads, I spent, I don't know, 10 hours a week to make a deal. He spends two hours, I spend 10 hours. Shall I be upset about it? It works for me, I'm making money. Do I prefer that he spends 10 hours? Yes. But would I rather work with someone that can do the job in two hours or someone that spends 10 hours? I'd rather join venture with a genius rather than an average guy. Maybe gets more motivated, new girlfriend, I don't know. Spends 10 hours and now I'm getting 100 leads a week. And I have to employ someone to do the negotiations with me because I don't have the time for all of that. You understand? It's, the test is, am I making more money? Yes or no? Only if I'm making more money, it's worth it. And you want to join venture with someone that is not going to ask me, how many hours have you done? Where were you yesterday? It's irrelevant. Does it make sense? Skill and assets. Now, that should be obvious. We mentioned it in the other phase. In order to make a joint venture viable, the two parties have to bring on the table skills and assets that the others doesn't have it. Actually, skill and assets that are useful for property. Because if you're very good at tap dancing, perhaps it's not that useful for property. 
Sometimes I see people that join venturing and says, okay, what do you do? I said, fine. And what do you do? Same thing. One of you is redundant. Oh, I can do this and this, and I can do this, and so. One is bringing skilled assets, and the other doesn't. The other is bringing some skilled assets, but none that is complementary to their first one. So it's not, the second guy is not that useful. I'm not saying he's a bad guy, but it's not that useful for number one. So it's important to understand which skills and assets do you have, and which skills and assets you need to make your business more profitable. Does it make sense? Yeah. Okay, let's prove it. Let's do a little exercise. I'll give you two minutes. You don't need more than two minutes. I want you to write on a piece of paper, and you will see how useful it is after, for two purposes. What are your skills and assets in property? What you can bring on a joint venture business in property? And which skills and assets you need to make your property business much more successful. Much more money in your business if you have a job bringing what? Is that okay? Any volunteer? Um, can, can we give a microphone for any speaker? What is your name? Uh, my name is Billy. Sorry, uh, Philip. Uh, Billy. 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 Close. Um, what skill and assets do you have that are useful in a property business? I'm practical. Okay. Um, I'm a builder, so I know property, the practical side of building. Um, I put sweat equity in. I'm not shy of um, putting some groundwork in. I'm a people person. I'm quite confident. Um, I show empathy, and I'm fairly good at negotiating. Uh, okay. What do you seek in a joint venture partner? Um, I'm not very good at tech, so I would need somebody who's pretty good on the computer and okay. tech. And money. And money. Finance. Okay. Everybody's clear here? Anyone that is good in tech and has money? No. <laughs> tech, yes. <laughs> you know, I like the... Uh, huh? How many of you go to property networking events? Majority of you go to property networking events without understanding why. Why do you go to property networking events? You feel lonely? You have to be... A, you know, you're seeking something, right? Do you know what you're seeking? Do you know before going there what you're looking for? Do you know what to say in your 60 seconds when you have to stand up and you say what you're doing? That is exactly what you have to say. That if there is anything that you have learned you should go away today with, is that whenever you go to a networking event, in your 60 seconds, sometimes you see people rambling, go over, over the 60 seconds and still, I have no clue what you want from me. That is exactly what your 60 seconds is. He did the last six seconds. He says who you are, what you do, and what you can offer, and what you're seeking. Because that is what you're doing. What I'm offering and what you're seeking. Was the message clear? Yeah. Next one. Thank you, Billy. Anyone else? Lady there. Um, my skills and assets. I've got money to invest, and I don't need immediate return on my investment. I've got, I have time to commit. I've got a can-do attitude, and I problem-solve. So I, I didn't catch this uh, last one? Um, problem solving. Okay, very yeah, good, yeah. 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 My, I've got a business partner um, who I met on a course. <laughs> He's clever, <laughs> for start off. He's got a workforce, he gets deals, he brings the properties to me, and then he manages them, and he scrutinises contracts. I don't. He does things like that, so we work quite well. 
Okay, so you're describing a joint ventures already working and yeah. divided. Yeah. Very good. Can you see? They have different set of skills and assets. It's a good point you mentioned that you have already a business plan because when you said that I have money, everybody. <laughs> Do you know how to become the most popular person at a property networking event? You stand up and you say, I'm cash rich and time poor. I'm looking for someone that finds properties for me. I'm happy to either join venture or lend money as angel investor. You see, everybody. Or I just did it recently. I wrote a post on Facebook. And I said, I have a block of 16 flats that I would like to sell. I'm happy also to rent to rent them or do a lease option. The, the, the amusing part is that most people that want to do rent to rent or, or, or lease options, they don't own a pot to piss in, so they're guaranteed is worth nothing. Oh, I guarantee you pay me, and if you don't, what do I do? I come after what? Nothing. Okay, last person, likes exercise, there was one guy here. What's your name, sir? Matt. Matt, shoot. So I've got um, good people skills, um, good negotiation skills, I've got time to find the deals, learn how to do deal analysis, got a network of clients for, for HMOs through the ch charity that I'm developing. And I've got a network of tradesmen through my old job, um, learning management skills on service communication and HMO and looking for people with money. Yeah, fine. Very good. Almost, most of you will say looking for money. It's fine. Well, let me give you a tip. Very good. Thank you, Matt. One thing, uh, let me give you a tip. Whenever you say I have this asset or skill, qualify it. No? I have a, someone mentioned, oh, I know I'm... Well, get the microphone back. Yeah, otherwise you have to pay. And uh, someone mentioned, oh, I, I know how to the, the property business from the inside. You have to qualify it. What do you mean? Oh, because I've been a builder for 15 years. Or I've been a plasterer. I don't know. Qualify. Because I said, just, you know, I know how to do property. It's like, I don't know if you noticed on social media, there are so many people self-proclaimed property experts. M most of them, they've been doing it for a couple of years. You're not an expert after a couple of years. At least 10. Where I come from, the legal sector, two years, you're a junior. Barrister with two years' experience is a junior barrister. But in property, they're experts. So qualify why you believe you are good at something. Or what I say. Does that make sense? Was that useful? Very good. And that is what exactly you need to do. Because if you don't know before what you're seeking, you know, maybe you stumble around the person, but you keep going around like a headless chicken. You must know exactly what you're seeking and what you're offering. Because, you know, if you don't show that you have something to offer, why will they come to you? Yeah? We discussed this one. Wrong question. Fine. Personality. If you have... I mean, at the beginning, we all start with property at the side, but eventually will become your main activity. And you will spend a lot of time with your joint venture partner. <coughs> Surely, you want joint venture partner that you go along with, not someone that you find hard to work with. It's like marrying someone just because it's pretty, but, you know, as soon as the person talks, you feel love. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> or as soon as they go like this, I say, whoa. When was the time you had the shower? <laughs> now, 
Do you spend time before you decide to live with someone, marry? I know in this generation people don't get married, but I come from Catholic Rome, so. You, you do, you don't just get married to someone that you met at the pub the other week or at a networking event. Same thing will be a joint venture partner. Spend time before you joint venture with someone. Find what is the person also on a personal basis. Also, learn who you are first, what you like in people and what you don't like in people. For, for example, me, I don't like people, they like to show off. I'm sorry. But if you need to show me that you have a nice Ferrari, a gold Rolex, and uh, I don't know, you like to go every two months on the Maldives. I mean, you can do it. I don't say you shouldn't do it. Do whatever makes you happy. But do you have to say it? And, oh. it I don't like it. Well, a red line is people that are not, let alone complete, complete zone, even just a little bit dishonest. So people are, so, oh, it's a white lie. It's a lie, right? Is it true or not true? But it's, it's gray. It's not true. People that cut corners. If a person puts money as his first, second, and third priority, what makes you think that if he's willing to lie to the council on the planning application or on the lender to the planning to asking for money, tomorrow is not going to lie to you and take your money? There is no such a thing as about honor among thieves. But even if the guys, for him, you are his brother and will never, why do you want to work with someone that is not honest? I mean, some people fine, do it. And maybe they survive. For me, it's a question of when, not if he's going to steal from me. I have my share of people taking money from me. I'm not saying that I will leave it up because a person that is a professional, dishonest person, you can only limit the risks. You can never completely. But for me, someone is not honest 100%. Why should I bother? Honesty, no, this one in general, for all of you, never join venture with someone that, if you know that the guy is not honest, unless you're planning to scam the other guy first, you know, <laughs> becomes a race, you know. <laughs> Let's see who wins. <laughs> oh, you stole 1,000, I stole 10. <laughs> and, uh, but, doesn't work. Yeah. No, no, no. Due diligence. When you join venture with someone, you have to do due diligence. Someone says, I'm very experienced, I do this and this. I want evidence. I mean, the first meeting, no, but then, you, um, no. Talk is cheap. Oh, I've been doing properties for 20 years. Can I see some of your properties? I've been doing developments for the past five years. Can I see any of your developments? I sold them all. Okay, can I see those that you sold? You know, ah, oh, no, 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 it's not, not easy. I'm not saying that it's lying, but you know, red flag goes up. I'm a, I'm a people person, I've venture before. Can I speak to any of your past joint venture partners? I said, no, they're all abroad. Can I speak to any of the present ones? And uh, they're very reserved people. I'm not saying that it's lying, but you know, red flag goes up. More flags go up, less likely you should. I mean, you, you do whatever you want. But <laughs> if red flags go up and you know them, then you have on yourself to blame when you lose money. I'm not saying that someone that is lying to you and steal your money was right to steal to you because you didn't do your due diligence. It's still a scumbag. But you know the expression, a fool and his money soon part ways? 
When you do due diligence, check past and present projects, even if it's not property. No, I'm very, I'm running business doing that. Can I see what you're doing? I have experience in partnering. Fine, can I speak to any of your partners? Google the person, especially if you're doing, doing I mean, if it's someone that is in the 20s, maybe is not likely to have a, a business present. Maybe there's a TikTok present that is useless. Although, frankly, if someone has a lot of TikTok videos, it's not my job. Property forums, you know there are property forums on, on Facebook, they're free, there is progressives, there is all about properties. No, they're free. I mean, out of courtesy, you shouldn't write a post saying, oh, anyone knows John Smith without asking the guy. First. Not, not, you're not doing anything unethical or dishonest, but it's polite to ask first. If the guy says, no, don't ask to anyone about me, I'm not saying he's hiding something, but I will run. And, <laughs> and you ask around, especially if someone has claims they've been in property 10 years, it will leave uh, it, some kind of trail. Credit checks. You claim to be very good at making money in properties. Can I see your credit check? I'm not saying I want to see your bank account, because maybe you have information there that you don't want to share with me, no? Your subscription of you porn. I don't know. But your credit check, you go on a period, your credit check, and you show me your score. If you get 999 like Shimon, good. If you get 13, maybe I'm not giving you my money. <laughs> you already lost all your money, why should you lose most of my money, right? And you should continue doing on a, on a regular basis, because maybe now they're good, six months time, some people get big-headed, and then they start spending like crazy. Uh, unfortunately, I had experience that. Now, this is the latest one. All these things I'm teaching you guys is not because I'm a genius. Unfortunately, I learned it the hard way. So learn from my, my mistakes, the thing like that. So I had the recently, a couple years ago, an estate agent that stole money from me and many other people. And what I did realize when I did my credit, my, my due diligence on him, is that this guy changed his name a few years before. So in his previous life, he had a different business, and he stole money right and left that too. <laughs> and a, a proper scumbag. And he actually had a photography business. Now you think he stole a few thousand pounds from this lender, and that lender is bad. But I did worse. He had a, a photography business, and he took money for weddings and didn't turn up. Now, most blogs get drunk, they don't remember about their weddings, and frankly, they don't even care. Now, how many married people here? Men. How many times have you seen, uh, watched the photos of your weddings? <laughs> Ever? But a woman plans about her wedding since she was five. And then on the wedding day, there is no photographer. And this is the priest says, so, will you marry him? And sorry, I'm trying to get a photographer. <laughs> Just say you do. Now, until I have a photographer. <laughs> Check also that. Joint venture, in my experience, let me run you my first creative joint venture to make you understand a bit how you can do things differently. So I was in, offered the property that was used to be, I was first of all told there was a cash purchase only. It was a mortgageable uh, asset managers, repossession. It used to be an HMO, nine bedroom HMO, but 
But then the license is expired, repossession expired. And uh, so, and yes, some issues on the structures of cash purchase. At the time, this one was 18 years ago, before the, just before the market crashed. Only used to do buy to let then, no HMOs, and said I had zero, zero experience in, 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 in structural problems. So I was a bit concerned. So I asked a friend of mine, a client, in which became friends because I work with someone, I become friends with everybody. And I mean, everybody that doesn't try to take my money. So I said, do you, and he had already many HMOs. Do you mind coming around? And he was also a builder and g- give me some ideas. He came and uh, he had some problem with the roof and leaking. But the major thing is that, you know, these kind of big Victorian houses where you have to go a few steps up. I mean, there is downstairs chambers, rooms, chambers with, with some natural uh, uh, light. Down south, you convert them in flats or bedrooms. Up north, we are not desperate for the space so much. It's not worth the exercise, usually. The previous owner, which we already established was an idiot because it got repossessed, decided to do something with the basement. So what did he do? Because remove the wall between the front and the back room, the single most important wall in this building. He's holding everything. So when people were walking on the ground floor and I was downstairs, the floor was going like this, the ceiling, I was there saying, it's coming down, it's coming down. And uh, so I was... They, they put the, the beams incorrectly. and th- there was, It was a mess. I was scared. So I told, we walked out. And Owen goes, Shimon is a great deal. How much do they want? So perfect location for HMO. So for uh, university around the corner. And I said, they want 132. Yeah, what was 162? Whatever, I think it was, yeah, 142. And they said, it's a, it's a deal, Shimon, get it. I said, it's not my cup of tea. I know nothing about HMOs. The missing was scared the shit out of me. Oh, when you're a mate, have it. I'm not asking you commission, give me whatever you think is fair. And he goes, Shimon, if I had the money, I would, but you're my solicitor. I bought three property cash in the last two months <laughs> until I remortgage nothing. And I'm still in the middle of converting many HMOs. So I look at him, and one of my few skills, I think very fast. So I said, okay, when I tell you what we do, I will raise finance. We'll get an angel to give us the money, both for the purchase and the refurbishment. I will negotiate the price down, because I know how to negotiate. You do the refurbishment at cost, and you manage the property, and we go 50-50. Now, most people say, I'm bringing the money and the deal. Why on earth, Shimon, are you giving away 50%? Did you think that? If you think that you failed your first test about a joint venture partner. I'm not giving away 50%. I'm gaining 50%. Without him, I cannot do the deal. Or if I do it without him, I will lose money. So, you know, 100% of losing money is not a great idea. But I'm actually making more than 50% here. Because once I learned from, on my first project live, because that's the reason why it's always useful to see projects, you know, always taught my students and I meant this. Come and see a project because there are things you learn only with your eyes. Once I learned it, that wasn't, you know, yes, missing wall. And so what? It costs us less than 2,000 pounds. You put the props on the one side and the other and you build the wall. I negotiated a 30,000 pounds discount with or 2,000 pounds thing. Same thing I did with Japanese notwits after and things like that. 
also learned about HMOs. These are Victorian houses, just a tip. So I remember, and in this country, only recently they discovered toilets, you know, during Victorian ages. Uh, until then, they used to go outside in the garden. Although, 2,000 years ago, my ancestors from Rome taught you how to use toilets, but you forgot. <laughs> and uh, so usually, you don't notice that the toilet has been added. They just cover the side of a room. But when you have a very wide Victorian house, sometimes you find where you open the door and there is just the toilet two meters further down the lawn. I said, why do I have to walk two meters to the toilet? It's because it's the side of the, of the room. So this massive Victorian house had two bathrooms and two toilets. And two of these little toilets were you open and you walk two meters narrow to the door, to the toilet. One day I go there, I open the door, and then after a meter, this is a second door. It says, two-door system for the toilets. It says, Owen, what kind of tenants do you get that they smell so much? <laughs> and he said, no, no, Simon, we have a massive kitchen. So I have a double oven, uh, double hob, uh, uh, but I don't have the space for the washing machine and dryers. So either I lose one room just for the laundry area, or between the two the doors, I put washing machine and dryer up above it because it's lighter. Like this, I save one bedroom. I thought he was a genius. Can you see why it works? He brought to me what I needed. I gave him what he needed. You have to... Oh! I haven't seen you for like ages. Sorry. <laughs> Everybody, roll more. Thank you. We do a photo session after. Right. Fully dressed. <laughs> yeah. So, in the practice side, what, when you join venture for money, you have to show that you have something to offer. Don't pretend you're an expert in property if you aren't. Because, you know, besides this, they will find out and you look more stupid. It's also dishonest. But let me show you what the power of joint venturing in practice. Because if I can do it, why shouldn't you be doing it? Because some people just talk. You will find people also on stage and often they just talk. I'd rather do the talk, the walk. I also talk, but I do more of the walk. So my first project is a pub in Berry. So this is the church in. I don't know if anyone knows Berry. We actually got planning permission for HMOs, then I learned about capital appreciations a few years ago. So, because I don't, for me, when I do service accommodations, I like the capital appreciation in the commercial conversion. Converting six uh, flats, four one bedrooms and two two bedrooms, it doesn't look like a pub anymore, does it? So, this one is Wigan. Anyone knows Wigan? City center. If you know the city center of Wigan, you know this building is one of the most iconic buildings in Wigan on Wallgate, so I had a train station literally down the road there, and the bus station, the main bus station, literally around the corner. And uh, I got the first floor, second floor, and third floor. On each floor, I put two flats, one bedroom flat and two bedroom flats. GDV around half a million, 6,000, more like 600. How much do you think I paid for this? Will you believe me that I paid 88,000 pounds a few years ago? 
No, not 10 years ago, eh? I'm a good or what? <laughs> I actually bought uh, last year this one as well. We bought it so cheaply that when we bought it cheaply, we put a tenant at 15,000 pounds commercial, we kept it commercial. We got valuation within two weeks, valuation 125, it should be 150, it was still okay. And then the, the, the mortgage broker called me panic and says, oh, the bank found out that you bought a 75 and now it's worth 125. They want to know how did you manage? I said, first of all, it was actually 65. I said, whoosh, I said, and secondly, what do you mean to say, well, how we did it? I put the gun on the head of the old lady. I don't know, I'm good at it. <laughs> so the six flats, each in a different color. Second one in Wigan. Actually, this one, I never finished it. I mean, I didn't even start. We bought it. We're still talking with the council exactly what we're doing. We had a couple of options. Uh, either make it in flats or run it as a, an hotel again because it was a bit dirty inside. And within... Two months that we bought it, and then again, no, 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 this one with money, my money, yeah? My joint venture partner goes, Shimon, I want to buy you out. And we're like, why, what have I done? <laughs> so no, nothing personal, but I love to do it by myself. He paid 220 for the building. I don't like selling, but I'm not arguing with joint venture partner. I said, so fine, listen, we are not going to negotiate because I'll eat you up. You make, I'm a very direct guy. I'll, 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 you make one offer and one only. If I say yes, fine. If I say no, you cannot up it. So do your best. Now, I don't like selling. I rarely sell. I sell only if I have to or there's something that I don't like. But for 140,000 pounds, I don't mind flipping. I made 140,000 pounds without having done anything on this building. This is in, Salford, in Southport. They wanted 350 for downstairs. And I told them, keep it. It took them three years to sell downstairs. In the meantime, it was run as a pub. So I got the first floor and the second floor, twice the size, converting 16 flats, 60 luxury flats. You want to see the flats first? Oh, that is my second daughter, the only one that has a limited interest in property. All the other kids could have less, but fine. So each flat is different. I don't know if with the lighting is good, but... So some are modern, some are contemporary, some are classical. My interior designer wanted to do two different schemes. I said, no, I want 16 schemes. I said, you're crazy. I said, no, I don't want only, it's marketing. I don't want only one kind of guest there. I want young couples and old couples. I want families and I want people that are... Normal, people that are more funky, I don't know. I want every person going on holiday in Southport to be potentially my client. Does that make sense? Indeed, the one that most, I mean, the one that has more reviews on booking.com, which is the more asked, is the one that my wife really dislikes, which is this one. I don't know if you can see. Because my wife says, I feel like someone is looking at me. <laughs> I thought it was nice. It's not my favorite. Well, my favorite is one of the blue ones. So each one is different. This one was so nice that made the front page of YPN. So can you see? And I had only problems here. This honest business partner gave me the deposit and then didn't give me the money for the rest. We did it on other three projects as it happens. 
and the lenders went back on the words after they promised the money. COVID, cost of materials skyrocketed. The cost of the project went from 700,000 pounds to 950. So, you know, funding 350,000 pounds extra wasn't that simple. And, you know, especially after the first two pockets, I mean, thanks God I, had the, I found the money. The point is you do it and do it. So I forgot. How much do you think I bought the first floor and the second floor there? Will you believe me if I tell you 150,000 pounds? I didn't even know where Southport was. I saw it's somewhere west. I saw it this 150 and went exactly where is Southport. And that is why I have this. Floor. This one I'm still fighting with the council. Uh, so for councils drive us nuts to get planning, but it's going to become nine flats. And the last one, this is Stockport, is the city center. Here I spend a few billions. Multi-level bus station, uh, rebuilding all the area. All this area is, goes further here, fenced by the council. The only building that is fenced in that doesn't belong to the council is this one here, my building. I can even enter my building. I need to ask permission to the council to get into my building. I mean, I don't need to, because we're still getting planning. I mean, planning has been approved in section 106 that we're and uh, so, is this the time to make money or to sleep? You tell me. If you need anything, guys, get in touch. Email me, Facebook. There is only one Shimon Rudik, as you heard from Rob Moore as well. Or email me, shimon at ms-law.co.uk. Thank you very much. Absolutely amazing, Shimon. Wasn't he great? Yeah. Okay, so for those people listening in on the podcast, if they want to get in touch with you, Shimon, about anything, conveyancing, lease options, any joint venturing type stuff, cash. how should they do that? <laughs> Offering you cash, yeah. <laughs> uh, Shimon at ms-law.co.uk. Shimon at, Shimon at ms-law.co.uk. <laughs> Okay, fantastic, Shimon. Can I get another round of applause, everyone? Thank you for listening to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. You can also follow me on social media and YouTube by searching The Property Soldier. Also check out my website, www.propertysoldier.co.uk, where you can learn even more about property investing and serviced accommodation.